Ever had that feeling where you're just not feeling very lucky? Or maybe where you felt like you were being super lucky and all the amazing things were happening all at once. Today, I'm going to tell you the truth about being lucky. Let's go. You are listening to The Shift Seekers Show, created to inspire, educate and facilitate shifts that help you identify your unique path to change in your life and business. Expect insights, lessons and real life stories of people just like you who are embracing a life of transformation and endless possibility. It's time to let go of the how and step into the now. Welcome to this brand new episode of The Shift Seekers Show. I am your host, Laura Husson, and I am really excited to, I mean, I think I say that at the beginning of every single episode, I'm really excited to talk about this today. I am really excited to talk about this specific topic because it's something that comes up all the time. It comes up when in conversation with friends, in conversation with family, it comes up with my clients. I hear and I bet you, as you're listening to this, I bet you can remember a time or recall a time where you've gone, it's all right for them. They're lucky. Or it's all right for them. Oh, all right for some. And there's that feeling of, oh, you're so lucky that makes it feel like something is possible for somebody else that's not possible for you because you don't have their luck. Now, today's episode is called The Truth About Being Lucky. I remember... My grandparents used to say all the time, they were forever telling me and my brother how lucky we were, how lucky we were. And it felt very much, when I think back on that now, it felt very much like, I don't know if this was intended, but how it felt was I was supposed to feel guilty for the things that I had, the luck that I seemed to have, for basically having things that they thought we were lucky to have. And it's almost like sometimes it can be, it can feel like an accusation of not being grateful. So it was a kind of a trigger point for me for a while that people would say, oh, you're lucky or luck this, whatever, you know. I used to win, having said that, I used to win a lot of competitions when I was young. I went through a phase where I won so many different things and people would always say, oh, you're so lucky. Oh my gosh, aren't you lucky? I remember getting pulled up on stage once. I went to a concert and I got pulled up on stage and taken backstage and met all the performers and For about two years afterwards, everybody, I would meet people even in like supermarkets or grocery stores or wherever. And people would be like, oh, you, you're the one that went up on stage. I live in a small place. You're the one that went up on stage at that concert. I was like, yes, I was. And I know I'm really lucky. (laughs) But it almost felt when we tell somebody else, oh, you're lucky. It almost lands in a way of like, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to feel that. Like I didn't necessarily deserve it just because I didn't work hard for it or I didn't earn it. So there's this balance, this trade-off for being lucky versus amazing things happening. Now, what I believe, here's what I believe, and I'm saying this is the truth about being lucky. My personal belief is that we create our own luck. That is my belief. We create our own luck. Now, if I decide that I want to make something happen, and it could be like I want to own a material possession, or in my case, usually I want to go on a certain trip and I want to stay in a certain room category, or I want to fly in a certain class on the airplane, 
or I want to hit a certain milestone in my business, or I want to land an appointment at my hairdressers that's fully booked until after Christmas. When that happens, I will inevitably, when I tell that story, be told, oh, you're so lucky. And when I, what I hear when I, when I hear that is people seeing and hearing me say that these, I made these things happen and feeling like I was passive in it. Like, oh, well, you just walk around and these just amazing things just land in your lap. Of course that would happen for you. And I live in a very interesting energy around, of course it did happen for me. Of course it happened for me. And the reason it was, of course it happened for me is because I chose for it to happen. Right, I chose for it to happen. Now let's take the example of flying in an upgraded cabin. Now I love the upgrade game. It's like one of my favorite games that I play. And please note that when I say the game, it is a game to me. It is a fun thing that I do when I travel that I play in the energy of, ooh, I wonder if. Now, I used to be very attached to actually getting the result. Almost like I was like, oh, I don't want people to see I didn't make it work. And I would be scared to say what I wanted to make happen in case it didn't happen. And then I had to say, oh, well, oh, well, never mind. I didn't really want it anyway. Now, I don't ever feel like that. And that's been a real shift for me. That's been something, uh, it's funny that I'm using this episode. It's interesting. I'm using a lot of examples of my own life as I talk about this episode. I, I feel very grateful for so many opportunities that I've had in my life. Now, what I know to be true is I have put myself in the path of opportunity for those incredible experiences, wins, surprises, you name it, to meet me where I was. Now, when I was away in the Maldives in October, this is a perfect example. This was an entire exercise in, well, what we might call in this episode, being lucky. I always do these air quotes on podcasts and you can't see me. (laughs) Um, Being lucky. And what was also true was that I was really fully prepared to meet the opportunities that were going to come my way. I I was like, okay, here's here's what's possible. So I got to the airport really early. And I inquired at the check-in desk about upgrade options. And they were like, yes, we can upgrade you. Here's the cost for the um, upgraded seat. I handed over my card, typed in the thing, payment went through. And then we were at the desk for, I don't even know, about half an hour, 45 minutes. And I could have been really like, oh, for goodness sake, like, why, what's such a problem? Why is this taking so long? I really did not feel like that at all. And what happened in the end was that I couldn't have the upgrade because I had, I can't remember how it was now, but I think I'd booked an economy seat and then I'd already paid to upgrade to premium economy before I got to the airport. So you couldn't, how they were working that system was I couldn't pay for two upgrades from the basic fare. So I had already maxed out my upgrades. Now they'd already taken the payment. The system had allowed it to go through, but couldn't actually follow through with it. They couldn't actually ticket it for me. So I was like, oh no, that's so disappointing because I'm literally here ready to pay for it. I'm not asking for a freebie, although if that's available, I'm definitely open to receiving it. Uh, But you know, what can we do? And she was like, oh, it's so annoying because I don't know why, you know, if it let me, if it flagged it up and said it was an opportunity, I don't know why it then would take it away. Now, this is really interesting because what was happening there was instead of me not getting what I wanted that was willing to pay for and then kind of sulking about it or being disappointed. That's another episode I want to record is the truth about disappointment. Instead of that disappointment vibe, 
I was like, oh, well, how can we, how can we overcome this? Like, what else is possible? That's where I play, right? What else is possible? And the amazing lady at the check-in desk, she was so patient with me. We were honestly, I was standing at the desk for 45 minutes, maybe even as long as an hour. And she was speaking to different colleagues and she was looking around the system. She was doing different things. She was like, look, we got to a point where she was like, I've exhausted everything I can do here. However, here's what I would do if I was in your shoes. I was like, thank you for being an active participant in the experience that I am available for today. And I walked away. I went through, did the whole thing, the airport thing. And when I went aboard the flight at the gate, I asked again, I got to the gate early and I asked there because that's what she said to me to do. That was her first tip was ask at the gate. When I got to the gate, I explained and said, look, I paid for an upgrade, took a screenshot of my um, the transaction having gone from my bank. So I paid for this upgrade, but at check-in, they couldn't ticket it. So they told me to come and speak to you at the gate. And the lady, of course, there's people behind me and I'm like, I'm taking up all this like time where I know they want to be boarding, but I wasn't apologizing for taking up time. I was just, simply, really calmly and politely asking for what I wanted. Because the truth is, a lot of luck is really us mastering the art of allowing ourselves to ask for what we want. It's revolutionary. Because 99.9999% of the time, what you want is available. It's simply a case of allowing yourself to communicate your desires. This is where we fall down. This is where our luck seems to run out. So I asked at the check-in gate, uh, sorry, at the boarding gate, and um, I was told there, unfortunately, they have, um, they couldn't change anything where they were at this point because we're boarding the flight. She said, however, when you get on, ask for so-and-so. So it was like this chain of events. Ask for Rachel, she said. And I got on and I was like, I was told to ask for Rachel. And again, I've got all these people behind me. And I know that like a previous version of me would have been like, I can't stop, can't, I don't want to hold everybody up. And I just didn't feel like that. I was like, well, the plane's not going to be late because I'm asking. It's no different to standing behind somebody putting their bag in the overhead locker when you're waiting to get to your seat. So I allowed myself to ask for what I wanted. I asked for Rachel. <laughs> and Rachel was, oh, I'm Rachel. And she came over and she said, oh, come over here. So we walked out of the lines. So there was no longer a backup. And I explained to Rachel again. I said, look, this is what happened with the ticketing. They took the money. Here's the screenshot of the money having gone out. Um, I know they said that I could get a refund, but I really don't want a refund. I really want to sit in the seat. And she was like, okay, I hear you. She was, and and added information. The business class, the lay flat beds, the club suite was so empty. There was like one whole section of the plane that was completely empty. So I was like, I know this is possible. I know this is possible. And so I allowed myself to just stay open and what Rachel said was, here's what we're going to do. She said, I can't do anything around it right now because we've got to board. She said, but let's take you to your seat. Don't get too comfortable. And I was like, okay, great. Sounds great. Thank you so much. So I went to my seat, got all my bits and pieces ready. And, um, and again, even in the premium cabin, it wasn't particularly busy. So I had lots of room and I was like, okay, if this is my seat, this is lovely. Loads of space. I'm going on an amazing trip. Everything's good. I think we got into, we got into just before takeoff and Rachel did come. Another thing to note here is a past version of me would have also been like, oh, has she forgotten me? Has she forgotten me? Do I need to ask somebody else? There was none of that anxiety. I just was flicking through what movies are on on the plane, what food's going to be served, what's my sleep plan because I was on a long haul flight. Um, And Rachel came back just before takeoff and she said, look, here's the plan. She said, we can't ticket it. Here's why. And she explained the same thing again. She said, 
I can't take any money on the plane because I was like, I don't mind paying again if there's a way of doing this. And then I'll sort the refund out for one of them later. She said, I can't take any money on the plane. She said, however, she said, we do have seats. She said, but we don't have catering. She said, I can see you've done everything in your power to upgrade yourself and have that experience. She said, so why don't we sit here? She said, we'll serve you as soon as we can after takeoff. And then once you've had your meal, you can come and sit up in one of the club suites, lay flat, have a sleep and all the things. And then we'll wake you up before breakfast. And I was like, yes, please. That would be amazing. So what that meant was, I still got the refund because they couldn't ticket it. They could, so because they couldn't ticket it, they couldn't process the money. Turned out the money was on a pre-approval thing. So it was like held, but not actually taken from the bank account. I got to sleep all the way on that long haul flight. And then when they did wake me up for breakfast, I was expecting to have to move back to my um, seat further back. They actually brought breakfast from the previous cabin up to my seat in the club um, in the club suite level, which was amazing. And it was just the most incredible. Everybody was so nice because I know I've also had an upgrade like that in the past before I was embodied in this version of me that just accepts and allows these lucky things to happen that would have been almost like, oh, keep a low profile. Like, you know, oh, just be really grateful and apologize for, oh, thanks so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for asking for anything. And I didn't need to do that anymore. Right? I didn't need to do that anymore. It was like, actually, I was met with this experience. I get to own this experience. This is mine because, doing the air quotes again, lucky me, this is my life now. This is how I live my life. So I had that experience on the flight, which is incredible. And of course, as soon as I tell people about it, oh, aren't you lucky? And immediately I noticed that line again. Oh, you're so lucky. Was it luck? If you like to believe in luck, maybe. However, here's what I want you to take away from this is, and I could give you so many more examples. In fact, I'm going to give you one more in just a moment. But what I want you to take away from this is you are a co-creator in the air quotes, luck that you experience in your life day to day. It's never a passive process. Creating luck, aka results in your life is something that you get to really participate in. You don't sit back and just wait for luck to show up. You play your part. You be a decent human being. You hang out in the energy of possibility. You play with, oh, what else might be possible, right? That's our role. That's our job. That's our work in the world. My work in the world, thankfully, is to help other people believe it gets to be different now. Maybe we did have a flight before where it didn't work out like this. Does that mean it's true for every flight forever after? No. And I'm using a flight because it's, you know, we're still going to get to our destination. Ultimately, it makes absolutely no difference. But I used to get very attached to that. Oh, what if it's not possible? What if I can't sit in that seat? What if I have to fly all the way? I would be so caught up in it that I was squeezing the life out of the possibility that would otherwise have existed. Now, connected to that flight, I went on this amazing trip to the Maldives. It's funny because I thought that I was going to record a podcast episode about that trip to the Maldives. And I know I've mentioned it, but this is really where it fits is about being lucky. I went on this trip to the Maldives. Now, firstly, there are so many layers of where people would turn around to me and say, I'm so lucky because I, firstly, because I went to the Maldives. I've been multiple times. 
aren't you lucky? Isn't she lucky? Secondly, because I had only just a few weeks before been in Greece solo at a lovely resort, the kind of resort that many people dream of going to, for my all by myself for five nights, thinking I couldn't go to the Maldives. When I got back, the Maldives had opened and I was like, even telling myself, oh, wow, I wasted my window of opportunity to go solo. I have two young children at home and, you know, I, I need to be at home. That's the story I was telling myself. My husband saw it differently. So here's the next lucky, lucky me piece. My husband was like, you need to get on a plane. You need to go to the Maldives. You go, go spend a week. In the end, I spent nine days because the weather was definitely not lucky while I was there. And Chris, while I was there, was like, just extend. And I was going to stay one more night because I wanted to swim with the manta ray. And he was like, stay two. <laughs> and the only reason I didn't stay three is because it was um, Finn's birthday when I landed back. Another layer of, oh, aren't you lucky that your husband supports you and can do that? Aren't you lucky that your husband doesn't have a nine to five job? Again, yes, I'm grateful for it. And I created it. It's by design. So it's luck that didn't just appear by magic. It's luck I created. So this is where the message of you create your own luck lives for me. Right? Note the the running theme here. Everything that exists is because I was a a co-creative partner in that being able to come to life. Now, in addition to that, when I got there, when I arrived at this incredible resort, I was truly the red carpet was rolled out for me in a way I have never experienced before. Every single thing, every single desire, every single notion, every single, oh, that would be nice, was met and exceeded by such a long way. The staff at the resort, the management staff, the management team at the resort, I was literally delighted and surprised every turn. Every time I stepped out of my villa, there was something amazing happening. They were like, Laura, come and see this. There would be people waiting for me when I returned from a boat trip saying, let me take you here. We've got this thing planned for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Now, why was that happening? Now, firstly, the island that I went to, they are known or they call themselves the island of the island of surprises. And so they love to over deliver. This is their MO, right? It's what they love to do. So I know that it wasn't just, oh, we're just going to go over the top for this one person. They love to do that wherever possible. What I made possible was I was entirely flexible about my schedule. At no point was I like, no, I'm doing this, so I can't possibly do anything else. I was entirely like, everything they said, would you like to? I was like, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. To everything. I wanted to see everything. I wanted to experience everything. I'm the same. My husband will tell you if we go out for a meal, I will always ask the staff in the restaurant, like, what do you recommend? What would you eat? What would you choose if you were me? Because I know that the people who are there, who are seeing this experience, who are getting the feedback from people on over and over, know better where I might have the most incredible experience than I might do just coming here for the first time. So I had, I mean, I don't even know if I was going to start listing to the experiences that I had while I was there. I don't even know how I'd begin. But 
I will, f- I'll give you two examples. One of them, I came back from a snorkeling trip on a boat or was it? Yeah, it was a snorkeling trip on the boat. And I was met by, there's a array of private residences, which are large homes, essentially, with private pools. And I mean, every villa there had a pool, but big pools, beautiful facilities, beautiful homes with private butler service and all the rest of it. And there's one huge one called the Amilla Estate, because I was at the resort called Amilla. And I was at the Amilla, uh, I, I went to see the Amilla Estate and it was absolutely stunning. And when I came back from the snorkeling tour, the residence's manager met me as I was walking down the jetty and was like, would you like to come and swim in the pool at the Amelia Estate? I was like, yes, I would. Thank you so much. And what happened was I went to swim at the pool and then I was set up with a private dining experience for lunch, um, a bottle of my favorite wine that they had noted from the choices I had been making in the restaurants. It was just absolutely incredible. They were like, Mikasa or Sukasa. Spend the afternoon, enjoy it. There's nobody here. You can just take all the time you want. I was like, wow, this is like a $50,000 a night residence. And I, here as a solo traveler, get to just hang out here and be really reveling in the experience. I did feel lucky in that moment. And how did I become lucky? How did that land in my lap? You're probably going to have guessed by now, if you've been listening since the beginning, that I was a co-creative partner in the experience coming to light. I could have easily said, oh, thank you, maybe another time. Or actually, I want to go and have a shower. Or I need to go and get other things. Because it would have been very easy for me to think, oh, I've only got this thing I'm wearing. Or I want to have my, I don't even know, my book or my this or my that, the things I didn't have with me. I was just like, sure, let's go. Now, on my final night, and this was really the night where I was really, really wowed. I mean, I was in floods of tears in this experience. On my final night, I had been really looked after by an amazing member of the management team there called Mark. And he asked me at breakfast, he was like, what's the plans for dinner tonight? It's the final night. What's the plans? And I was like, and it was a full moon as well. So it was really special. I was like, do you know what? I don't really... I don't really have, I don't really have a plan. He was like, are you, may I? I was like, absolutely. And he was like, well, are you open to a surprise? I was like, always. <laughs> and so Mark, we went to the, out to the sandbank that afternoon. When we went back, he was like, okay. He was on the boat with me. He was like, okay, go back, get changed. Meet me back here at 7 p.m. I was like, whoa, that's not very long at all. So I ran back, had a quick swim in my pool, was taking pictures of the moon rising. It was absolutely incredible. I was feeling just so grateful for everything that had happened on that trip. And then I went and met Mark and he said, we're going somewhere for dinner. I was like, great. Okay. Count me in. Where are we going? He was like, come and meet me at this restaurant. So I went to meet him at this restaurant. I was like, I literally was clueless as to what was going to happen. Went to meet him at the restaurant. He was like, just take a seat here for a moment. And he was like doing the thing he did with all the other guests, just going around checking on everyone. And he was like, okay, let's go. And we were walking through the jungle and the island. And I was like, he was like, you know where we're going, don't you? I was like, I have no idea. We went all the way and he took me on a very, he was very clever. He took me on a very disguised long route. So I wouldn't guess where we were going. And then I realized where we were. I was like, oh my goodness, I know exactly where we are. Now on Amilla, one of the um, surprise extra added magical things they have is they have this um, glamping area. It's out the back of the spa. 
And it's basically an inflatable perspex, it's not perspex, um, clear bubble that you can camp overnight in. You basically take a little overnight bag and you go there. It's completely private. There's an outdoor shower. It's absolutely beautiful. And we were, I was having dinner at the bubble. Now there is a barbecue set up and they do this overnight thing where you can go and you can have a private chef and private service and a barbecue and all the different things. And I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. But I didn't even think about doing it for myself when I was there solo. Just felt like it was something I would do another time. Um, Like probably, that's interesting as I say that, probably just an indulgence. Wow, this is really interesting to hear myself say this and, and acknowledge it. An indulgence too far is what's coming up for me without my husband there or without my kids there. It felt like something I wanted to have as a shared experience. So when I got there and he was like, here we are. And it was so beautiful. The table was all set out. There were like candles all around on the floor. There was a chef and a waiter there. They had my favorite cocktail prepared. There were like flowers scattered and the full moon. I was like literally sat facing out to sea with the bubble behind me. And there was the full moon just reflecting directly off the water in front of me. And I was, it was one of the most magical moments ever. And I just could not stop the tears, the tears, the tears, the tears. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. How did this happen? And they were so thrilled to give that experience when it was being received in the way that it was. So again, it's that partnership, right? Of like, please enjoy it. Please enjoy it. Now, while I'm sat there being literally weighted on hand and foot with every, like also they'd curated the menu for me to meet all of the favorite things that I'd enjoyed over the time I'd been on the island. The general manager came and sat with me in between courses and he was so lovely and we had just the best chat we had a really lovely conversation about the future and return visits and coming back with my husband and the kids and how I could go out there and even um, offer my coaching services to their guests which is something that's happening next year which I'm super excited about we he was like are you staying here tonight and I was like oh no I'm staying in my water villa because I'd also moved rooms several times there and taken full advantage of the whole experience I was like no no I'm 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 sleeping back in my villa I'm just here for dinner and he was like well you're welcome be our guest he was like if you would like to sleep in the bubble sleep in the bubble and I was like oh really he was like yeah I was like a teenager I was like oh my gosh I'm going home I'm gonna pack my bag I'm gonna sleep in the bubble and it was just so so magical and I did I came back and because it was a full moon and the bubble is completely clear there are pictures on my Instagram feed actually that you can see of the bubble it was just the most beautiful night and I pretty much did not sleep because I was just watching the full moon. I was crying so much because I was just like, I just wanted to be so present to the experience. Like, wow, this is really, my, this is my life now. That's the thing I say all the time. In those moments where I used to feel, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. I now instead say, this is my life now because I created this life. I created it. I was reflecting to a friend this morning that none of the experiences I have in my life really make any sense. And when you look at where I was 10 years ago, when you look at even just life growing up and different bits and pieces, it doesn't make sense that I got to where I am. And it wasn't passive. Not at any stage was it a passive experience. If I had been passive in my life experience and just waited for luck to carry me, I'd be in a very different place than I am right now. Now, it's very rare that on the podcast, I get this 
personal. Usually I'm talking generally and it's much more coachy and strategic. These are some really recent personal stories. And the importance and the relevance of why I'm feeling this so deeply right now is because this past, I don't even know how long it's been now, about three weeks after that amazing experience, like one of the most mind-blowing, memorable experiences of my life to date was when everything shifted in my family. My husband tested positive for COVID. I followed shortly after. And then nine or 10 days later, both children went down. Both children ended up in hospital for various reasons. We had another member of our family in hospital, really unwell. My husband's knee like erupted because he's been waiting for surgery that he couldn't have because he was COVID positive. We had thing after thing after thing. Now, through all of that, people kept saying to me, oh my gosh, you've had such a hard time of it. And I was like, yeah, we really have. We really, truly have. And I still feel incredibly grateful. Notice that I said, I still feel incredibly grateful instead of I still feel incredibly lucky because it wasn't luck. It wasn't luck at all that was keeping me grounded. And it was an active choice instead of feeling poor me which would have been completely justifiable, completely justifiable. Instead of feeling poor me, I was like, wow, this is amazing that we can be having all these experiences and I can still feel so grateful for the life that we have created. I was so grateful that none of us had to during that time and it's still continuing. We're on the tail end of it now. Thankfully, I'm well again, which is good. If we had been contending or trying to negotiate with employers for extra time off when we'd already asked for all the support we could have, it would have been so much more difficult. So again, lucky me, maybe. Me being an active participant in the creation and the co-creation and the design of the life that I want to live, yes. So I believe we make our own luck. And I absolutely believe, as I tell you every single episode and every single thing I ever post online, it gets to be different now. So if you're feeling right now, well, I don't feel like I've been very lucky of late. And actually, I've had some really, really rough times. And maybe you're listening to this, maybe you haven't even got this far, but maybe if you're listening to this and you have got this far and you're feeling like, well, it's all right for you because just notice that and just say to yourself, it, okay, what if? It was true that it gets to be different now. What might that look like? And what might change? What might I be able to see slightly differently so that I can become a more active participant in creating the life I wish to live? Now, speaking of this active participation and co-creation and design, we have the amazing Recalibrate and Rise experience beginning in just a few days. And I want to invite you to come. If you've been listening to this podcast for some time, or maybe if you're brand new here, if you've seen any of my posts or caught any of my live streams over the last week or so, you will know that this experience is happening. If this is the first time you're hearing of it, there's a reason for that. Perhaps it's time for you to start taking control and making your own luck. Luck is top of the menu for those who want to create it. And in Recalibrate, which is workshop one, which we're hosting on the 20th of December, we're going to be really diving into where we have been until now and how we got here. So that in the new year, in January, 10th of January, we're hosting workshop two, where, which is going to be called, surprise, surprise, Rise where we anchor in, we level into a whole new way of being that is different from any way you've ever been before. We are a New Year's resolution free zone. This is not where we're going to be choosing our word of the year. This is co-creation 
of the life you wish to live, the results you wish to experience, and the ease and the joy and the all the things that you've ever said you wanted exist when we create them. But we have to play our part and I'm here to support you doing it. So if you want more details, I have a whole um, document that has all the details. If you want to see those details and you want to join us, please do. Please DM me on Instagram with the word rise and I will send you all of those details. And I cannot wait to see you inside. I have a spot reserved with your name on it and I'll see you there. So sending you so much love. It really, truly gets to be different now. Till next time. I so appreciate spending time with your ears today. (laughs) If you're not already, come and follow me on Instagram. Let's be friends. You can find me at Totally Laura, where I share behind the scenes, latest updates and freebies, as well as giving you the opportunity to tell me what you want to hear more of here on the podcast. I'll be waiting for you in the DMs.